Welcome to The Maker and The Merchant with Fergus Elias and The Isaacs. Welcome to The Maker and The Merchant. This week, we talk to Alex Taylor and Jamie Smith about their adventures in forming the online wine tasting club. Welcome, uh, Jamie and Alex from the online wine tasting club. Uh, thank you, you for joining us here at the Maker and the Merchant Towers, even though you're not in the Maker and the Merchant Towers because you're where you are and I'm where I am and Ferg is where he is. I'm also not in a tower. He's not <laughs> in a tower, but he is. Where are you, Ferg? I'm in a box room. Behold the boxes. Oh, nice. We've got yeah. more boxes than you. We do have a lot of boxes. <laughs> that, yeah, but that it's we not, have been it's not having... about quantity of boxes, it's about quality of box, guys. <laughs> this this <laughs> has descended into a box off much more rapidly than I anticipated. It's My box is bigger content. than Jamie's box, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> so box so bo- box of oh, box. But anyway, Alex, Jamie, how are you? Hello. Yeah, very good. Thank you. We're we're absolutely flat out in the middle of um, probably our busiest period ever, which is which is good, but also slightly crazy. Um, and you know, we've got people uh, with pallets going around left, right, and centre in what we thought was this massive space when we moved into less than two years ago. Uh, in fact, it's a year and a half ago, wasn't yes. it? Yes. And um, and now every single spot on the racks is completely full, and we've got piles piles on top of other piles, and uh, yeah, it's 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 come a bit of a beast this thing from what was a stupid little idea of how do we not give people their money back for a wine tasting event we had booked in the well, winery because we we're going to have a two-week lockdown circuit breaker weren't we and then uh, we're all going to be back to normal it's weird because you know sort of relativity states that you know t- time is a movable thing isn't it? depending on how fast you're going that two-week lockdown i don't, I don't know about you <laughs> that two-week lockdown circuit breaker thing felt a lot longer to me it felt yeah yeah mysterious it, wasn't it, it? definitely yeah. was i mean <laughs> i did have a v6 audi at the time so i was going a lot quicker because the roads were empty <laughs> so maybe that was it oh it was yes. joyful that when I mean, we were delivering an awful lot of wine to people uh, and you know we were getting orders for sort of 24 bottles in at five o'clock in the morning thinking um hang on you we delivered 24 <laughs> bottles to you yesterday <laughs> how many people have been in this particular house for this lockdown i wonder <laughs> so we, we could have been top tip-offs with the police if we'd been that way inclined but um yeah, jamie was uh, zooming around the streets in his mini with uh, yeah. uh how many cheap cases of uh, <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc from Chile, can you fit in the back of a mini? Should be a pub quiz question for a. I know, I know that one. It, it's four, isn't it? One in the, two in the front, two. No, that's elephants. <laughs> Wait, no, I've made a mess of that joke. No, that was clowns. <laughs> uh, oh, it was, amazing. It was, very strange and funny time but yeah we, we we opened our doors for this little what was supposed to be so ironically i think the lovely thing about talking to you guys is that uh he's a wine merchant and i had just been training at plumpton in making wine and so we had this great idea that we'd come together and and do a podcast, do a podcast called podcast the maker and the merchants <laughs> but um oh, that's awkward yeah yeah but 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 instead i <laughs> kind of forgot the key part of that which was finding any grapes for making any wine which it turns out is a i, I think ferg you'll probably agree is quite an important part of the winemaking process i i mean some might say fundamental <laughs> step uh, absolutely did you struggle this year <laughs> um, yeah. we've struggled the last three years um so we, yeah we our um our regular supplier from europe 
first of all, obviously COVID got them. And then there was yep. the trucking backlogs got them. And I think this year they just thought, ah, it's uh, too much work. And so yeah. just... So, um, sorry, sorry, you were, you were buying grapes from Roly Burke in QC? <laughs> Cairo! <laughs> completely Rondo! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a pretty good description of him, though. <laughs> There's a lov- lovely chap, but slightly zany. And um, at the very last moment, he'd just suddenly you'd get a note going, ah, Sonic, we can't find any this year. And uh, so there's your vintage plan slightly gone. But um, yeah, so I mean, and the other thing, of course, so we opened our doors on that project 36 days before the lockdown started which is a bit of a tricky one when it comes to sort of business plans and, you know, actually staying mm-hmm. right and all of that. Um, but, you know, you have to hustle to kind of survive in these times. And um, um, I th- we think we were probably the first ones to sort of cotton on to the idea that there were a lot of people stuck at home and they might be interested in doing something as an alternative to going to the pub. And um, a wine tasting over Zoom might be quite a quite a fun idea. And so... Sure enough, even before the lockdown had been officially announced, we 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 were we were working out how we could do this in little glass bottles and um, trying to sort of pre-gas them with uh, nitrogen or CO two, and then um, fill them as fast as you could, and then get them to them as fast as you could. Um, and it and we sort of discovered quite early on that if you were doing it those two days or so, it was going to be totally fine. But anything beyond that, and half of the wines would get well royally what's the correct terminology to use in polite company buggered <laughs> that's my least favorite kind well, obviously rondo but after that my least favorite kind of wine is buggered wine I yeah. mean, nobody, nobody needs that especially in, in this day and age but just to if we if we jump back ever so slightly and we'll try yeah. and this in a, in a couple of minutes because they're quite long stories um <laughs> we'll start with jamie so I, I know you've got a, a background in wine. What, what's your background in wine? Where did wine, the wine adventure start for you? Um, so I've always been in, always been in hospitality, um, you know, wash pots as a kid going up through, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I got an opportunity to go out to the States um, to work in Washington, D.C. on this management training visa and got chucked on the wine program, knowing that there was probably white wine, red wine and wine that had bubbles in it and not much more than that, <laughs> but got to work with some absolutely fantastic sommeliers who kind of took me under their wing. And and by took me under their wing, I got to be a glorified box boy by taking the stuff down to the cellar and dusting the bottles and changing wine lists, all that kind of stuff for the first chunk of it. Um, but then just, it was the fact it was so amazingly interesting. It was the scope that you could always learn something new. There was always a new vintage. There was always a new winemaker. There was always something new happening. And it just spans so much of the world. You know, there's there's the people in the wine industry, that love, but it's such a global thing that you can talk to just about anybody about wine, whether they're drinking stuff off the supermarket shelves or they invest in, you know, first growth Bordeaux and everything in between. It's a really interesting thing. And I got into wine for wanting to be about wine. Then I got into kind of wine education because I like to, well, I like the sound of my own voice. It's lovely. (laughs) Um, But I like to get other people to talk about wine. And, you know, I've put, you know, a lot of people have come through and they're now running their own wine programs and stuff like that, which is great because if, you know, you teach someone a bit about wine. If they then decide they're not going to be in the industry, it's a useful skill to have. You know, when you go to a you know board meeting with your new CEO or something like that, you can, you know, be part of that. So I was in Washington D.C. for about ten years, um, 
came back here, did a couple of whiny bits, um, ran a wine bar the next town over uh, where Alex lives. And um, yes, and that's where him. I came in to drink and met him and then started asking him awkward questions about, hey, you know that vineyard up the road? But, but uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that. Um, met with Alex and, you know, wanted to do something a little bit different you know you know two young kids didn't want to do every friday saturday sunday for the rest of time um so we decided on that but you know going back i've done you know my wset level one two and three i've done call us master sommelier certified i've done the csw i've done the wset educator and all these kind of cool things just because i want wine to be fun and interesting and exciting and then if someone goes, oh, but, you know, it should be more serious. Well, I can say, oh, it's all the pins, all the certificates, all the things. I've, I've, I've ticked all those boxes. You know, I was lucky enough in 2021, I won the IWSE Emerging Talent in Wine. But it's, you know, well, I've just I've just shouted about that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I usually yeah. like to go, I don't usually like to shout about these things, but I've just shouted about all of them back to back to back to back. <laughs> um, Literally it, lined up all your achievements and then gone through them individually for us. He's um, got all which of I achievements like. lined up. This, this whole history <laughs> of you know running top end wine bars in DC, doing all sorts of serious stuff and getting proper awards, and it has culminated in him sitting next to Lee Isaacs with a guitar, <laughs> singing songs about wine, and yes. that's that's what's so lovely. <laughs> We've that's definitely gone on an upward trajectory from the heights of ecstasy <laughs> to the depths of despair in actually a very short space of time. Yeah. In, in, a, in about an hour and a half, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> That's how those shows go. Um, it's the first time I've been lucky to, to, to co-host with both of you. <laughs> I've been lucky to co-host with both of you. I've never seen anyone look... I, I've never seen either of you look genuinely so, what, what am I doing? <laughs> what, what am I doing to, to have to do that? But massive kudos to you. It would be very easy to sort of step back from that and I'd go, let's, let's just not do it or let's do something else or whatever but to, to fully commit to it. And very few people do that. And I think that's a, a real strong point in, in a human being that will go, I, I'll put myself out there and do it. And I, I'm, I'm worried I might come across a bit silly or any of that. Yeah. Well, there's um, that many people in the that. world who want to learn about wine as education and they want to really get into the difference between rootstocks. And, um, I've, you know, we've done- Molecular sulfur, like, for example. Yeah, molecular sulfur, <laughs> chip budding <laughs> techniques, and, um, you know, just, just useful practical tips for the home wine bar. Oh. And then there's everybody else who just wants a bit of entertainment and to find a new drink. And so it was the fact that that lockdown exposed us to that that long tail of wine consumers that that you know buy your yellow tails buy your all of these uh, these brands that we see selling case after case after case of wine and then they are so scared looking at this wall of wine that they see in the supermarket that they tend to buy the same thing they normally buy but the one that's on special offer and and it's the shame because you look at how craft beer has overcome the kind of you know that thing that everyone was just trying to buy it as cheaper as possible and occasionally with a aspirational brand on it and now you've got people with beards talking about hops and all of those kind of stuff so i think we that was the founding value of what Not we wanted nice to do was... blanket statement about craft beer brewers there wasn't there people with beards talking about wow. hops. some of them just have mustaches these days i mean i mean that's cut off a portion of our listener base on a potential future revenue stream thanks alex <laughs> sorry sorry it's but, right. but I, I, I've got to hold the bottle of pedestal. Beer, so. 
of course, if you are going to drink craft beer, we, we, we think that, you know, uh, the, the Jake's stuff is pretty good. That, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're available nationwide in all majestic. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Where's, where's that bag of cash gone? <laughs> uh, I lost. <laughs> in it's in one of them boxes. One of the boxes, yeah. He spent it on his Audi. These are actually boxes of cash. So I can, you know, I just, because being a winemaker, you'll know this, being a winemaker, we just earn so much money that we oh, don't know what actually. to do. Yeah. I, just, I just put it in boxes. Are you just um, going to just burn it to keep warm this winter, yeah? I hear that's Dermot Sugaru's plan, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's still cheaper than actually paying the fees that we have. I don't know that when you were last at Balfour, though, um, it, you, you sort of walk around the estate and there's like all these sort of holes and ditches and things being dug and you think, oh, maybe they're the preparing the ground for for new vines no what it is is fergus earns so much money he's basically like pablo escobar right he's got that much money he has to bury it in the vineyards and, and he spends like two thousand pounds a week on rubber bands just to start, you know keep all uh, the money it's, together. A, it's a legitimate problem um yeah no uh, and but i well, watch out for Mark next year's Street. rubber band shortage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buy now, buy now, the glass, the corks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jamie, so obviously you've done all of these amazing. I didn't know you were in. I knew you were in DC. I didn't realise it was ten years. And, and then you've you've come back to UK and you've done all all of the wonderful education. And I know the first time I met you, you know, it was very apparent straight off the bat. It's like what we're doing here has to be fun and approachable and, and yeah. enjoyable and absolutely not stuffy because whilst that exists it's not going to exist sort of where i am um which is a nice segue in to you meeting alex taylor um the other alex there are many alex, yeah, there alex in, Taylor, in the yes. world in the world of wine um, have we, so we've you, never seen them both together have we no we haven't a bit like me and batman shit i shouldn't have said that i'll, I'll edit i'll edit i'll edit that bit out so you met and you alluded to you met you basically gone into the pub you were in the same yeah, so we, I, I lived in the same town, and um, there was this uh, art gallery and wine bar, which which sounded sounded quite a fun thing to go and visit. And uh, and you know, you very get yeah, people very very drunk, so they really like expensive art and take it home with them. <laughs> it, win win. It, it worked on my wife twice. <laughs> she came all these massive things. So I was like, oh great. <laughs> but, uh, clever business model that but um but yeah it's so we, we we got chatting and we quickly i think we bonded over a love of uh, um californian wines in particular and um uh, you know some of the no, spark, sparkling wines from balfour hush heath well, is what we really bonded over thank you Correct. I think the, I think the only well, one that was had, the right answer, wasn't it? The only, the only um, English don't, don't 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 sell me out here. Don't sell. He, he had Bolney. That's what he had there. That's what I remember. Across county lines. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Bloody hell! They are in the Sussex PDO, of course. So you know, I can't possibly comment on that one. Oh no! Well, I mean the Sussex. I'm going to stay quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I like I lots like of people in the Sussex PDO, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of, how, how can you say I have a problem with this? Some of my best friends are Sussex winemakers. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... it's, it's I mean, that, that's one of the things I love about wine is that behind all of these things, there are some absolutely, truly bonkers stories driven by strong characters, and you get into crazy things like you need to tell people about what happened with Prosecco, for example, or, you know, what's happening with Vermentino. It, it, people actually, it cuts through and it's quite funny because it's all into that sort of like Italian sort of big family control sort of thing that's going on. I think in terms of this trying to take over the, the name,
naming of grape varieties, I think the Italians are on a roller. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'm going to leave now and let Ferg can do the rest of this because I've definitely peaked. Yeah, That's time it. for the grown-ups to take over here. Yes, <laughs> um, I, I'm going to get my boss. Alex, you were like you. So you the, rest of us the, the rest of us here, we, we've always been in wine, right? But you were you were at one point you were actually grown up and had a proper job, didn't you? you designed well, mobile phones, is that right? I, yeah, I've designed all sorts of electronics bits and pieces. Um, I, I kind of started off um, <clears throat> my my career designing um, the insides of slot machines for Las Vegas because that's apparently something that you, you, you don't you don't ever wake up in the morning and go I, I shall start designing a slot machine for Las Vegas but <laughs> these these things sort of fall into your lap and you've got to deal with the cards you dealt so so well, especially like in Las Vegas yeah. <laughs> yeah they're quite heavy things but um yeah so I've done uh, I, I did an engineering degree at university and then um um did many years of doing that and I think as most people who work in end up working in big companies find you spend then the rest of your time not doing anything not creating anything not doing the thing that you love but telling other people until you're blue in the face why you, they can't do that what they want to do so it would generally be uh, somebody from um, uh, the, I worked at EE, so from one of the EE phone departments going, what we'd love to do is to have everything better than an iPhone and um, have it a quarter of the price of the iPhone and we don't want to order more than a, uh, a thousand of them. And, and you know, <laughs> it would just be sat there going, why am I doing this? And so um, when um, a little bit of luck sort of, or bad luck or good luck, whichever way you look at it happened, we found out that the fields next to our house was about to be built on and have a you know 150 houses built on it and that so our nice views of the countryside were going to vanish and i completely buy into that because people need a house to live in but i was so sick of living in a building site because i'd just lived in two new build houses where there was dust flying everywhere and beep beep and the diggers pulling up so we were like well what what's what other houses are around in the neighborhood and um there was a rather nice little house up uh, for sale two miles away that had a five acre vineyard attached to it um uh full of beautiful grapes like solaris phoenix and, and your yes, favorite rondo so oh, um, lovely that absolutely. must be fabulous um and and you, you, can, know see, you can see the jealousy in ferg's eyes <laughs> i just every year we plant more and more vineyards like more and more because we're growing it's really exciting and yeah uh, and every year i'm just like, oh can we just put a little bit of rondo in and do you know what <laughs> No one says yes. This is this is what's happening. This is what Alex is talking about when somebody from the phone company would go, you know the phone that James Bond has and it might launch his missiles and stuff. Can we have that? And you go, no, it's not possible. What's happening is you're going, can, can I have some Rondo and I'll make it nice? And, and everybody else is going, hey, we can't. I remember doing some Rondo fining trials down at Plumpton, and it was just a question of which is the least bad. But in its, in its unfined form, I really, really struggled with this. It's, like, ah. it's, it's very much the, the English equivalent to penitage, isn't it, really? Yes. Yeah, fuck, I hate it. <laughs> but, um, so with yeah, the fining so... trials, did you just find that the more findings the more you stripped the better absolutely charcoal yeah 
Yeah, charcoal. I've made this wrong though. That's weird. It looks like vodka. Believe me, it's better. <laughs> it's, it's going to be clear by the time we've finished with this one. There'll be no. Yeah, is that lack of skin contact? No, no. We just took everything away. <laughs> this is this is now alcohol and water. <laughs> Can I have a glass of nice rondo? You present them with just a glass of fresh air. So you've bought this house. You've got a vineyard. Right. So we, we then... didn't buy it. So we, we got we got we were going along the lines of buying it. And um, um, and of course, I, I got in touch with a, anyone I knew that had anything to do with the wine industry, which was, I think, two people. And it was Jamie. And I, I said, hey, what do you think about that vineyard up the road? And he was like, why are you asking? <laughs> and, um, did it, did um, Jamie go, well, well, I've done I've done WSET, so I've done CMA. <laughs> <laughs> did he list off his real <laughs> accomplishments first? <laughs> In the future, he, he, didn't, he didn't have that long. I didn't have that long. long. Just sat there over a pint in the pub. Yeah, and and when I did my W set W three level three, uh... <laughs> did he become that character from the fast show? Wine merchant, eh? I'm scamming the world. That I've done it for years, man. <laughs> Um, I think I think he was very diplomatic about it all. Was, was the, what the, I remember. The, the is, it's a relatively small town where everyone knows everyone, so yeah. you can't go that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, kind of, why? Why are you interested? It's like, oh, this and this. And I'm like, well, it got so. If you've got enough money to rip it all up and start again, happy days. <laughs> uh, it's it's a really tough one because they, if you went there on a summer's afternoon and you sat there um, in their garden in the vineyards having a glass of the wine, tasting it. It was actually perfectly nice. Was it 20 pound a bottle nice? Uh, not if you're actually having to compare it to anything else at that sort of price point. Their, their, their traditional method sparkling was, 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 was pleasant. It was, there was nothing wrong with it. It just, it, it, was a, it was a bit of a struggle. But I started going down this route of uh, basically, someone said, get down to Plumpton and join every single course you can and then get yourself onto a degree when the, op when the chance opens up. And so I got to go and meet Tony Milanowski and, um, and Chris and uh, you know, all, all of the guys, Greg. And um, it was a great experience. And I then got the bug. So by the time the house purchase fell through, I was like, well, I've kind of got this knowledge now. And so I went off and started finding some grapes, started making some wine. I, I even presented Ferg with a glass of uh, uh, wine that I'd made when I brought it over to you. But, Is uh, that around the time he lost his hair? <laughs> I don't know if that's sorry. I, I just, uh, just try and get the time yeah. right. You know, I believe post hoc ergo proctor hoc comes in here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So so I was doing this, and I was doing it in my garage, much to the disappointment of my wife, who, um, uh, as it would occasionally spill over into the laundry, where you know she would be wanting unreasonable things like wanting somewhere to put the clothes and uh, there were several demijohns of uh, wine going through MLF at uh, a slightly warmer temperature than the, the garage was able to. So I, I gradually got turfed out of bit by bit of the house until I got to the point where I, I need some somewhere to do this and and actually what we did find out was that doing winemaking at small scale it, it's it sounds quite romantic craft winemaking just doing one barrel of this just doing one demijohn of this it's really hard. It's a lot harder in many ways than, than trying to do it with the right equipment at scale because it's just so much easier to screw up. And I think that's ironically, that's what we've discovered is that the smaller the portion of wine, the faster it goes off and then the more wonderful different ways it does go off. And uh, 
yeah, we've been learning that the hard way over the last few years, because just when you think you've solved all of the problems to do with preserving wine, um, you'll find a new creative way for something that arrives in that you hadn't considered uh, to, 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 to trick you. So, um, so yeah, it's, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, a kind of like a fun, small scale thing. Some of them worked, some of them didn't work. And um, I took one into Jamie and uh, he says, do you want my honest feedback again? And uh, I was like, so, yes. So there was like, so, so yeah, at this point, like Alex was, you know, kind of a mate, but still kind of a, an over the bar kind of like friend. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And we'd, we'd done this English tasting and the guy who, who owned the place I was running knew he was making wine out of his garage. Like we're doing, we're doing an English tasting. Do you want to yeah. bring it down? So uh, Alex comes down with his uh, pulled out of the barrel that day, yeah. slapped a cork <laughs> on uh, Sangiovese, I think it was. It was, it? it was Sangiovese, so it was, yeah. It was his 2018 vintage of Sangiovese. And <laughs> an, an easy variety to start with. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I like to I like um, set the, set the bar nice and say is, it, it wasn't horrific. Um, <laughs> Thanks. No, no. no so but that's, they, that's an achievement. So basically, achievement. <laughs> I'd say so, and you, you knew it was Sangiovese, and it tasted like something you would just get in your little carafe you know, if you're sat in Italy, you know, yeah. just do, no, does in the Masseria, you know, do, in do, your does what house. it does. And so I turn around and go, so it doesn't feel like it's completed MLF. He's like, yeah, it got kicked out of the laundry room into the garage. It was too cold. <laughs> I then said, you know, the oak integration, the oak integration is is there, but it's it's not great. It's like, yeah, I just did some staves to start with because I didn't want to buy a whole barrel. So that all made sense. Yeah. And then I'm like, and well, it, and it hadn't had enough oxygen, yeah. which I didn't like, know at the time was just needed. Like, so. And then obviously, you know, it needs yeah. a little bit of development time, but uh, it's come out <laughs> out of the uh, out of the Debbie John about half an hour ago today. So <laughs> the thing is, you know, I think that was where me and him had that kind of moment that it would work that I could taste a wine and pick out what was good, what it was, what it you know and, and he was would then be able to go okay great i can make a wine that you know that that's because of this 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 and this and we've kind of found going through the the stuff that he's good at i'm less good at and the things that i'm better at he's also good at so um he's, he's fantastic <laughs> and i just i'm here for the ride um i feel your pain but, but rather than have you know 20 you know and it's fun when we do the show to have the two different kind of sides. I'm, you know, I'm very front of house led and he's very kind of science, sulfites, free SO2 led. Yeah, but it's, it's nice to have that, you know, this is the cool story of this winemaker. This is their family. It's gone about five generations. And, and I'll say, and actually they do something really quite funky in the winery. They've got glass lined concrete and the concrete gives heat uh, control and the glass presents the oxygen and... Yeah, there's, there's, there's some, so it gives you a bit of, and we, we like to trick people into learning a little bit about wine, but, but not, uh, not completely. So it's like you get to the end of it and you go, ha, you learned something, <laughs> didn't you? I so, got something you. might stick in there. Something <laughs> might stick in your mind afterwards. You go, oh, a dinner party story. And then either it'll be that they've got a dog called Bob who rides on the tractor, or it'll be they use a really funky rotary fermenter or something for this. And, uh, I, I don't know. It's, 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 to, it's, to, to anybody listening here, because obviously it's a podcast and it's it's audio, not visual. Uh, when Alex just said that they've got a really funky rotary fermenter, the joy and excitement on his face, <laughs> dear listener, and, and the was tremendous. And, and if only in case you didn't know what enough. rotary was, it's going round and round. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing lots of the wheels on the bus recently, so you know, <laughs> getting the <a> practice. <laughs> oh, that's um, amazing. 
So yeah, it was it was it was great fun. I I I finally got myself onto the MSC at Plumpton and um, did that with the absolutely perfect timing for both the winemaking and the viticulture lecturer to leave just before I started. So, so I started Excellent. with no lecturers, which was a bit um, a bit shambolic uh, to, to put it lightly. Um, so by the time lockdown was looming, I, I dropped out of the course and you know put it on hold and thought I will do this one day. Um, but um, with all your free time you have now, yeah, with all the free Start time. Next week. Oh my word! Well, that um, that, that seems sort of a, a, a nice segue into. So you started making wine. Yeah. Um, obviously started sort of the shop and, and selling your wine there and doing tastings. Covid hits. Yeah. Everything changes, mm -hmm. um, and I think that'll be. I, I know we're probably cutting out a little portion of the story. No, that's um, that's. <laughs> but you know, how did you go from Covid hit? We we had this plan that's out the window to doing what you do now, which, yeah. you know, so anybody... For the benefit that's... of those who don't know what we do, basically, we, we try to solve the packaging problem for small samples of wine. Um, what we, uh, and, and to use that to create some kind of nice entertaining show that you can watch and try six wines and learn about them and maybe try the stuff that you wouldn't have taken a punt on buying a full bottle of. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it, the, the big challenge is that, it, it, it's in one word, it's Amazon. Um, unfortunately, um, <clears throat> people people see wine as a cheap thing, and they see packaging and postage as a free thing now. Mm -hmm. And so, if you can't get the wine samples to people, you you can't do this. Then there's there's before the lockdown, there'd never been this big impulse to really solve that kind of problem and to to get the get the wine to it. But when we started in little glass bottles for these samples. Um, you know, people would look at it and they say, that's less than a bottle of wine. Why am I going to pay £20 for it? Why am I going to pay £30 for less than a bottle of wine? Well, for starters, because the bottles of wine you're trying are nearly £30. And for seconds, you're paying a pound for these tiny 100ml glass bottles. So you had, you had probably the best part of 10 quid's worth of packaging materials and you had 10 quid's worth of postage. So you're at £20 down before you even start putting the wine in, let alone any of uh, the time. So... Yeah, it was a, it was a, we sat down in the, in my kitchen just before the lockdown, just to be clear. And we did a sort of a back of a, you know, bag packet sort of calculation. H how could you do a home wine tasting? And the answer was either you charge a load of money, like in the end, 67 pound Mal went for that route and they were doing really cool 400 pound verticals of uh, Holland Holland and Screaming was... Eagle and, you know, first grade Bordeaux, super cool. And, you know, fair play to that. Or you could try to get these millions of people who were stuck at home and try to do something for them. So it was it was interesting because, you know, as the lockdown was looming, um, you know, pro wine was ha obviously happening. It was going to get cancelled. And I was still in a belief until like two weeks beforehand. I was still going to be going. And Alex like, no, you're not going. What winemaker from Argentina, Caramusi, was meant to be going over to that, and he was going to stop in the UK and come and do an event with us, and it was going to be our first event at the winery from opening. And so he cancelled that, and I talked with the um, the guys at guys at Condor, and we worked yeah, the we we, we worked out that um, he could send us some videos of him in the vineyards, and we could still and this was before we went into lockdown, so we could still host it, and then. You know, random people wanted to turn up and help pour it, whoever that was. Um, so Lee, Lee, Lee turned up to see what we were all about and then decided he was just going to stay for the evening and pour yeah. wine with us. Um, so I, did, was... I did gate crash uh, most heinously. 
<laughs> but it was a wonderful game crash. We, 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 you know, obviously we, we knew you on Twitter and social media and but, stuff. Yeah, and it was so, great to get to meet you. So what, what, what we learned from that was you could do a wine event without actually having to have the winemaker in the room. So fast forward from that, we'd sold loads of tickets to other things. We had to come up with a plan how not to give everyone their money back. <laughs> and we were like, well, let's take the wine tasting to the people. You know, Alex with his tech background was au yeah. fait with how Zoom worked, all that kind of stuff before Zoom was, you know, a, a verb. Yeah, we, um, we forget that not many people knew about Zoom before sort of April of 2020. So, so yeah, yeah. For, for the short term, it was me in the garage at the winery till four o'clock in the morning, taking big bottles of wine into little bottles, gassing crown, crown cap, cap, crown cap, crown cap, crown cap. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then putting them into little brown bags, driving them around, tringing the surrounding villages, dropping it on people's doorsteps, doing the Zoom call, and then going out the next morning to get the bottles back and wow. sterilize and go again. Um, so, you know, it's a wonderful eco-friendly recycling solution. Uh, <laughs> But, a lot of people, but then, you know, as, as lockdown extended, people are like, oh, my friend in London would like to do this. My friend in Manchester would like to do this. My friend in the Outer Hebrides would, would like, like to, to do, do this. this. So we, we continued doing it short term, but, yeah. you know, wine didn't turn up. We all saw the pressure on Royal Mail, APC, DHL, whoever, whoever it was. And things yeah. were getting damaged. And because we had to send them out so near to the time for the wine to be of any level of quality, if something got broken or damaged or lost, you have no idea how many people's lives we ruined because oh something hadn't turned up for this yeah. live show. So I was there, you know, me and Alex decided we needed to kind of keep our distance. He did a lot of stuff at home and I did a lot of stuff in the winery because if one of us got COVID, it meant the business closed. And if we were both together, no business, no. Yeah. So he was at home designing, going, there's got to be a better way to get this wine out to people so we started going down the the flexible packaging route you know mm. in these boxes his, his first his first prototype was uh cut out of a shreddies box um and sat with uh, sat with some plastic and uh an old um sous vide yeah the sous vide ceiling, um, sous -vide machine, ceiling so. machine uh to measure kind of you know yeah. the, the volume in that and the, and how it go and how much pressure it could yeah. take so you know we went through a fair few iterations of that, um, you know, trying to find a machine that would be able to create these pouches. Yeah. Um, we've learned from ourselves, don't order anything direct from China. Um, <laughs> we ordered this bit of kit that was 1200 quid delivered. Yeah. And if anyone knows how much bits of cost, kit cost in the wine industry, can't believe it or not, the 1200 quid delivered from China was not the right solution. No. <laughs> you, we opened you, just, the, you surprised me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, but the, you can the, you can always find like these bottling lines from China and things, and they're you know a tenth of the price that you buy the one from in Europe, mm -hmm. and uh, and it turns out there's a reason for that. It's, it's a death With trap. That. <laughs> so we we can it's, it's it's in the office downstairs as a uh, you know gentle, gentle reminder when we think oh we could just do that like that. No, yeah. you cannot. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we we launched. So we were doing the online tastings and then we launched the, the new packaging in September, September 2020. 2020. Yeah. Um, and we designed these lovely boxes. They were white, they were beautiful. They had the online yeah. wine tasting club on the outside. And then we realized that once they leave you, no one actually cares about your packaging the way that you do. And they, mm, they yeah. got bent, crushed, <laughs> stamped on. Well, um, entire Royal Mail uh, sorting centres were having their whole staff sent home because of COVID. So the, the 
stuff would leave us in these mail bags, which had 10 kilos of stuff in, and we designed it to cope with 10 kilos of pressure no worries at all the problem was that they were then going into this warehouse and then another one was on top of that and then another one was on top of that and it was sort of until they reached the roof so you had sort of a couple of hundred kilos sat on top of a small plastic pouch and um not all of them liked that very much i think it's fair to say so we went back to the drawing board um and the big thing with ours is yeah. as alex alluded to earlier it's it's about the the amazon problem of cost of packaging cost of shipping that we needed to get the wine down to this what is rule male large letter size, yeah. which gives you massive level. You can't be more than 750 grams. You can't be more than 300, 353 millimetres. Yeah. So, but, but the big thing is thickness. So we couldn't get any bottles or anything at all, any, even any cartons. We looked at Tetra Pak. You can't even get cartons that will fit into what Royal Mail call a letter. But if you can get it into a letter size, you could post it for £1.20 at the time. And that's an absolute game changer for, you know, you're talking about um, a, a couple of quids worth of cardboard and, and, and film and um, £1.20 of postage. Then you can start to do something interesting. You're, you're giving it. away all, all your, your, your core numbers to the yeah, world absolutely. here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now, now, everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. packing for. Yeah, and then you need a two million pound machine to make it. But yeah, <laughs> um, so that, but... That, that's the thing that's interesting. So this this machine. So for you know, you've gone through, and you know, I, I'm sure anybody listening to this will. I doubt there's anybody listening to this who doesn't know who you are or or hasn't experienced what you do in in some way. But you see these packages turn up, and they're so innovative and so cool. And really, and I, I don't like the word I'm about to use, but they're, they're really zeitgeisty, like this whole idea of unboxing, which is a total thing, uh, apparently. Yeah, um, apparently. It's far too trendy yes. for me to know about. But all of that yeah, stuff, like, that's just something people won't see, right? Or, or think about it. All of that. And there's the stuff there, you know, you said I've, I've known you sort of from the start. The, the stuff there, I, I wasn't aware of. I mean, the, the biggest thing I've pulled out of that really is that... Um, Alex eats shreddies. I, I would have had you down as a Weetabix kind of guy, to be, to be honest. I'd have a glass of Chardonnay. No, um, <laughs> um, no I mean, it, it's strange because they look really slick and professional. And in a way, I think that that created well, this image. Compared to us, it doesn't yeah. look slick and professional. <laughs> compared to the fact that we were two guys in a shed out the back of Tring Winery, um, with occasional helpers and children who'd come in to fold some boxes, people would talk to us as if we were some massive mega corporation and expecting to get sort of five minute response times from our yeah, call yeah, centre. Yeah. I've, I've, I've tried to call and no one answered. I'm like, yes, because I was next to a compressor, couldn't hear anything, <laughs> tracking film yeah. to make sure these pouches. We, we were, were spraying out carbon quickly. dioxide into the top of a tank to try to blanket the wine at the time, and uh, yeah, so. And it's it's been it's just been I think one challenge after another after another, and we keep thinking we're we're nearly there, and um, and we must be getting there because we've done we've shipped out um, more than we've worked out definitely more than four hundred thousand uh, samples of wine now. So um, wow. yeah, four hundred thousand glass of wine, and you think how many glass bottles we've wow. had to sort of go through for that. Wow. So yeah. it's, it's if you, if you look number. at the CO2 eco saving on that for the lightweight rather than sending glass bottles, it's absolutely it's, it's insane. Big, yeah. But yeah. it's you learn a lot when you're doing that. And when you try everything from zero sulfite wines to white Zinfandel, and they all come with their own challenges. And everyone in the wine industry, you talk to anyone in the wine industry, what's the challenge when you've opened your bottle of wine? Oxidation. 
<coughs> so yes, of course, that's a challenge, and that is a big challenge. We solved that oxidation problem pretty well, first of all, but not completely. Um, um, for you, 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 you probably know this better than I do. But when you're when you're picking the cork for your wine. It's a bit of a sort of a rule of thumb, isn't it? What kind of level of oxygen you want to let in? And then well, yeah. we, sp we spent many hours discussing OTR and things like that. So oxygen transfer rates and, yes. and, and which ones we want and matching that to your wine because actually oxidation. Yeah, it can be a good it, thing. A little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> and I think the problem uh, is that oxidation is used as an umbrella term for a wine bottle that has been open for a while and actually there's so many different different mechanisms that the wine can go wrong beyond that but just to focus on that the oxygen so obviously we we had this process by which we were trying to get the wine out of the bottle with as li little oxygen contact as possible and we we're flushing the pouch out with nitrogen to make sure that there was no the, the, there was a little I'll go for it. Sorry. So in, in my head, just so I can I can visualize it because I've never se I've never seen the the very exciting sounding <laughs> machine. Um, but so are you are you flushing the pouches and then filling them? Yes. And then sort of displacing that flush the the sort of nitrogen with wine. Is that is that? Yeah, exactly. The so the 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 wine goes into a tank that we pre-fill with um, carbon dioxide. Um, and we then re-top up. We never let it go beyond a certain point. So as the wine goes down, the the, the blanket follows it down. And, which and, is I, really... and I think there's a, there's an important point here with the with the blushing is we're we're not buying pouches in off the shelf. It's not like yeah. little food pouches. The stuff no. comes in on a reel, yeah. forms around the tube, gets flushed. So it has UV light to sterilise that as it goes through. Then it's so yeah. that that so that's done. Then form. So it's not you know. This, yeah. Someone's just chucking some stuff in a pouch, a bit of argon on the top, and hoping yeah, for the best. Yeah, because you can buy pouches off, mm. uh, off Alibaba or off anything. God knows what they'll be made of. They might be made of carcinogen-containing <laughs> plastic. Ah, well, some of good. the things well, we saw samples going that's out good, That's good for a rondo, though, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> oh, perfect. But as someone who's, who's not technical, and, yeah. and obviously, you know, Fergie, I'll come at this from a very technical winemaking perspective. Uh, uh, someone who's not technical, who, you know, any form of machinery is amazing to me because I don't know how <laughs> things work. Just to, to get some perspective on this, Ferg, you've, yeah. you've seen the, the Terminator films, right? Yeah, yeah. You know when, like, the Terminator has all the skin stripped off and he's down to, like, that exoskeleton, right? <laughs> it doesn't look anything like that at all. But this machine is, is enormous. I remember the, the first time I, I saw it, it just... It baffles me because I'm baffled by anything like that. It's an incredible piece of kit. And, mm. you know, you're very humorous and, and you downplay your achievements in, in many ways, which I, I think, you know, just, just adds so much more to what you do. The, the, the technology that you are working with is groundbreaking stuff to be, as you know, as you've just said, Jamie, you know, you're, not, you're not just buying a little food packet and, no. oh, there you go, and jet some argon. This is way more than that. to be made custom, custom because... There are, there are, there are, I mean, you can get things that package up broccoli, for example, and what they'll do is they'll dump the broccoli in and then they'll do a bit of a flush of, uh, of inert gas, but they don't have the right sort of liquid pumping that's nice and gentle for the wine, they don't have any of the kind of protection. There, there's, there's stuff that will pack up yogurt, and for that it will be able to pasteurise it. We can't heat treat wine, it'll be destroyed. Um, and just the more and you, you can't lick around, the lid either. You can't lick the lid, disappointingly. But um, yeah. yeah, and one of the big things about the pre-made pouches, uh, you know from your bottling lines, that you sterilise the bottle before you put the wine into it. 
Um, you, you run, you know, whether it's just boiling hot water through it, and now it then has the wine in, and then the, the cork goes on or the cap goes on in super quick time. But those pre-made pouches that you buy will have dust in them. They will have manufacturing residues in them. And yeah, they will have yeast and bacteria of God knows what different kind, mold spores and all sorts of things Ooh, sat in there. Native. Yeah, so it's a kind of, if you want to make a funky... Are you sure they're in there? Because Are you sure that they could be in there? Because I don't think there's mushroom in one of those packs, is there? <laughs> there's, there's, there's enough when you start dealing with the fact that I mean, you take a, a, a low alcohol Riesling or something that's got a bunch of sugar. Um, it's, it's a ticking bomb. <laughs> you know, they, these yeah. things are cold crashed down to leave about a bit of residual sugar to stop the fermentation that wants to happen. It wants to take this wine and carry it through to being dry. Um, and so, so this thing goes into, let's say, a pre-made pouch and there is one single yeast cell, whether it's being poured through the air where it picks it up because there's stuff floating around all around us or whether it's just left inside the pouch from where they made it that one yeast cell suddenly becomes two suddenly becomes four suddenly becomes eight and uh and yeah you have a nice beautiful riesling pet gnat in your pouch which is puffed up like a balloon so um so yeah it's 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 really tough and we've had to you know move the machine into a clean room environment now and everything to try to try to sort of minimize that but um it's uh, for, it, for anybody you know tricky. again listening if you've seen the film apollo 13 just before they, you know, they launch the spacecraft <laughs> and they're putting all the white suits on and everything. So it's like that. If you if you it's go like to that. where this machine is, it's exactly it's exactly like that. Exactly. Yeah. And Ron Howard, actually, if you look really carefully at the photos, there's a little Ron Howard in every photo from yeah. of, of this building. If you've got to look really carefully, you've got to. You've got he's, to. He's there. Except he's, the guy suiting up is now a, a nice large Lithuanian man called Vitas, who who is uh, just. Wonderful, we love him to bits, and uh, he, he's 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 um we've we've trained him in things like detecting cork taint because of course if you put one bad bottle into the batch, then the whole of the rest of the batch is 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 again buggered. <laughs> so so we oh, we are just pretty goes from very cork to slightly cork well, as you dilute true. it down. Yeah, but it's it's incredibly incredibly important to try to get the bad bottles out of them. We had one batch of wine where it was a nearly a twenty percent failure rate on it, um, and we had to. Reject twenty percent of the incoming wine because uh, they had a bad batch of corks. So, um, so that's tricky. And the other thing that's really tricky is, and we sort of alluded to this earlier, um, when we when you look at your sort of natural corks OTR, what I did was I tried to match our first pouches to what the cork would do, and that was a mistake because there is seven and a half times less wine in there. So the same number of cubic <laughs> centimetres of oxygen will have seven and a half times the oxidizer effect. And so Amazing. you don't need to be as good as a glass bottle that, with a cork. That, that was a winemaking geek <laughs> joke that made everybody laugh. Like, that I'm just oh, sat yeah. here going, yeah. <laughs> so what he said. We, we had to be at least seven and a half times better for a hundred mil than a glass bottle with a cork in it. And when you start talking to the people who made the films, they were like, oh God, well, we make broccoli, we make tomato ketchup. They didn't need anything like this. So we had to then start moving to a solid aluminium core. And, um, um, and you know, it's just, it, it was trying to get even the calculations done was really hard because I, I think I asked a wine a bunch of winemakers on this Facebook group, traveling winemakers living the dream. What oh, is the, what is the relationship between how fast 
the oxygen comes in to how quickly it dissolves, it, it binds with your sulfur dioxide to, to, well, not with sulfur dioxide, but yeah, how quickly it binds with your free sulfur to use that up. And after a whole bunch of it depends, which is the classic winemaker get out answer. Of like, I was going to say, well, it depends. It depends on the pH, it depends on, you know, whether it's red or white and whether your polyphenols are found. I was like, I forgot to just somebody tell me something I can use. A rule of thumb would be helpful here. Rule of thumb came out and the answer was four. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's number one <laughs> that's number one and i got this spreadsheet this complicated spreadsheet where you can put it in and i finally dug into the thing and there it was a1 times four equals b2 so it was uh i was like oh that's helpful but of course that didn't take account of the sample size because everything's designed for 750 mil bottles so so yeah it's, there's been a lot where we've had to kind of like go back to sort of first principles and really sort of sat, sit there and go okay um what, what's the answer really here four apparently. Uh, for, but, but yeah but it's probably seven four. and a half times four for us so <laughs> that, that, let's not try and do that but life. yeah that's that's complicated stuff I, I, I wasn't very good at math so so you've um, you, you've you figured out this multitude of challenges rather yeah. than rather than problems i think that's the way to put it yeah, i mean are you going again get, is it is it is it, is what you're worried about whether the the really delicate aromas are going to get oxidized that's one problem is it whether you know you're going to drop your kind of preservative level of the sulfites down so that um a bacterial can start turning your alcohol into um you know acetic acid uh, vinegar that is for, for anyone who's not up with that um whether it's uh re-fermentation whether it's mlf kicks off again and suddenly you've got a, a wine where you've in, got incomplete malic acid still there and suddenly you get ninococcus bacteria in because we're dealing with lots of wine some of which has not been filtered so we've got wines that have gone through our system which have dormant yeast and ninococcus in it and you suddenly get into like the wines become their own the the previous wine becomes the worst enemy of the next wine suddenly uh, if you're not if you're not right so oh, you end up having to do a full tech analysis on everything because you know doing a clean in place procedure is long and costly and difficult and um that's fine if you're running it for um you know a thousand liter tank or a five thousand liter tank and then you do the next wine for us if we're running four bottles and then we move on to another four bottles you take the machine out of action for 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 an hour and a half two hours wow. and uh, between each wine so there's a reason why nobody does this really um because it's just stupid <laughs> it's just really stupid yeah, you ever sit there and go god i'm on for the days when i was designing slot machines yeah there are definitely days like that there are other days where i look at these people doing little sort of spirits in pouch and then i go oh spirits that's easy. what we should have done. That would have been really easy. They're stable, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Did you buy a pouch from Alibaba, stick it in, it's 40% alcohol, no bacteria in there. Sorted, Job done. Yeah. But we, that's that's it, until it, somebody it, does a chemical just... analysis on the whiskey and finds that it's got mercury in it, and uh, <laughs> you know, which literally happened. They literally did that in Nigeria where people were selling pouches of whiskey and they had awful materials going into them because they just bought the cheapest pouches they could I, find. I thought it was a rondo. I was just trying to make it taste nice. <laughs> um, there's, there's, I mean, there's so much here that to, to unpack and, and, and explore, and we're going to have to get you, you back on again to cover some more. Because what, what I'd like to do, and actually this episode has become a, a slightly different conversation than 
um, maybe we sort of imagined, is to talk about you, you've developed these. And I, I've yeah. said this before, and I know I'm not the only one that thinks it. As a piece of innovation, I think that's the biggest thing the wine industry's seen it's in the 20 years I've been in it, because that capacity to get some samples of wine to drinkers, to wine buyers, you know, we spend so much money in the industry sending out full bottles for one buyer to, you know, literally to taste and decide if they like it and list it. And, you know, just from an environmental perspective, that doesn't make sense from a fiscal perspective. But anyway, yeah. you've packaged this up and then you've then developed the wonderful online wine tasting club, the show. Mm -hmm. And that, um, I, I think I, I, after I first co-hosted with you, which you're very kind to ask me to do, I wrote this piece and said, I compared you to two programs, neither of which I actually like. <laughs> um, but, but it was a, what, well, what you did is you, you took the, the, the good things of these programs or the formats of those programs mm. and you took them and went, how can we make that thing good? And the two programs I compared you to were, were, were this morning. Um, and, and you were ahead of the queue on this one, I think. You, you <laughs> took this morning, I only do top humor, that you took this morning and top gear, both programs I actually loathe. But the format of kind of like it's a magazine program with and the rest of the day to yourself um you, you took that wine. magazine program with you know pre-recorded vts live interviews and you took that camaraderie element of top if you remove all the stuff they actually discuss yeah. and talk about and all the awful right-wing mouthpiece that it became that format of like here's some people who really get on talking about subjects in which they're really engaged and they talk about it in such a fun and positive way you put that together and you and you made it about wine and that well, I, genuinely I think is it was it was phenomenal. what we were saying about uh, top gear you know mostly was entertainment of course I mean, who's really looking for for practical buying advice about whether you should buy a lamborghini or ferrari or which is faster it, it doesn't well, for, really, fergus now he's got rid of his Audi. that'd be like and us <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, although it's got to be good at carrying boxes now, of course. Um, <laughs> um, but but yeah, we uh, we like the fact that every so often they would do on Top Gear, like maybe one little moment per episode, they would tell you a story from the car industry that was actually genuinely interesting. And there's one that really stood out to me where, where it was a battle between um, Henry Ford and Enzo Ferrari and. I think Ford had wanted to buy Ferrari and um, uh, Ferrari had said, no, sort of, we're not taking this. And so Ford went out to go and get personal revenge by trying to beat them in this, this big race. And so, and it was a proper story of like people, you know, trying to make something. And I love that. And I love it when we get to tell, you know, the stories of, you know, Randall Graham and, of, you know, these, these pioneers of the wine industry who've gone out to New Zealand. We were doing what Seyfried, weren't we? And mm. where, you know, people have gone from Austria and actually really tried to find something new in a new land and and using the freedom from all of the restrictive rules of the old world to do something cool and telling those stories it's not a chore is it it's great fun it's what we all love to do um but it's so much better if you get the chance to do those bits pre-recorded so you get rid of all the ums and ahs you can show the beautiful shots of the vineyards and the these these incredible regions but i think that's really important that you take take germany for example you can say germany has some really steep slopes yeah <laughs> okay and that's great fantastic everyone now has cool. but if you're then able to show that as a drone shot people go holy moly yeah, yeah. that's yeah. steep yeah. and it's taking that to life you know you turn around and go oh this this vineyard is this this vineyard is that and and words are great but you know so then 
we we wanted at the beginning when people were in lockdown we wanted to take people there we wanted people to get the feeling that they were there you know and go when i get out of lockdown i really want to go to hmm. ribera de duero or new zealand or whatever and go and see this because i saw that when i was doing online wine tasting club and i you know it gets people excited it's not about a bottle of wine a bottle of wine is a product okay the bottle of wine should be about where you were who you were with who you shared it with yes it's got to be a delicious bottle of wine mm-hmm. but you know but the story's elevated the, the scenery elevates it to so much more than that and um and it becomes more kind of and if you just did a blind test between pinot noir a and pinot noir b you'll go i prefer that one and that's it and then you're told the price you go oh actually no i prefer that one but if you can talk to the people you're sharing this wine with around the dinner table and just say this was this incredible story like you know i, I love you're calling the, the suitcase pinot noir because of the, the suitcase clones carried over that's a cool story that i'd tell at a dinner party i probably wouldn't talk about molecular so too but you coward <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's not going to Alex's for dinner now? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think, yeah, but you, I know you featured some of Fergus's wines, didn't you? So, um, yeah, we the, very early doors. So I remember you went, you went down and, and interviewed him, didn't you? Yeah, our, yeah, we... yeah, when we were, when we were, you know, at the very beginning, when we were allowed to travel, and we got around some places. <laughs> it was, and our, you know, our, our real plan as the world opens back up is to get back out and traveling again and get into yeah. the vineyards. We'd love to at some point do live shows like on on location, so people are there that you can literally turn around and go, "We're here at you know." Well, obviously, we'll Balfour Hashith because that is yeah, the place to be. Quite right. Um, are there but, any other vineyards in England? It's a good question. Not, 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 <laughs> not that I'm aware of, um, but no, there's, there's there's some fantastic stuff, and we we did you know lot, a couple of months back we did we did an Essex tasting, which I think people don't realise that you know. He's a wine growing region, but if we could go and be, you know, Alex got down to Newhall, but if we could get down there and sit there and go, well, you know, this, this vineyard has got this and this and this, and you can literally pan the camera around and see it there. So people yeah. see it in real time. Mm. This well, is I, what I took the about. drone along and That's I said, great. look, you can see the sea, you can see the estuary here. And mm. you can see as he turned around the corner, this is why this was so much cooler in the summer and so much warmer in the winter. It's got that moderating influence and here's a south facing slope we just we said look you if you're trying to make a burgundy style wine you probably want somewhere that's a little bit further north than burgundy is now because burgundy is getting hotter and hotter you want something that's got that sort of nice if if it's not if it's a bit further north you want it lower so you get a bit more heat um you want these kind of nice soils that you'll get in these parts of things and you you want good south facing slopes and it was just like tick 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 um and but of course, because it's us, it was just a great excuse to put in lots of clips of the only way is Essex and uh, Photoshop Jamie onto a uh, onto a fake tanned uh, idiot. <laughs> that, there, there was no way that was photoshopped. I thought that was his <laughs> actual Essex physique. Here. Jamie Essex. Wow. <laughs> wow. But yeah, and I, I think you know our, our big thing has been since day one. We you know we've not gone after people and said, oh, can you give us you know fifty bottles of wine to to be on the show and stuff like that. Well, I think it's really important. We've always gone to producers, importers, distributors and said, we've picked the wines, you know, based on A, stuff we like, B, and B, people that will help us with the content, people that will give us the time of the day, the interview. 
because we thought, hey, it's a great thing for you know our customers, but also it should be a fantastic thing for the wineries. They're getting their story told to hundreds and hundreds yeah. of people every month. It's you know getting a sample in their hands that they can then go, well, I would have never yeah. touched. We did an Eastern European tasting with our Cazzatelli and a load of stuff done in Amphora that people generally wouldn't pick up from the store. Last month we did Greek wines where we did six different grape from six different islands yeah and yeah that was, that was that was wasn't it yeah. that was yeah. that was it was something oh, unpronounceable oh <laughs> uh, but 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 who is going to get the chance to try you know wines like that without without getting there and yes you know did we get massive follow-on sales from that no we didn't and that's why i think it'd be dishonest for us to go and say to the wineries you give us uh, 48 bottles of wine for free and you're going to sell this much extra but it it it, it, it gradually wears down the thing and i think as you start getting into the bigger commercial wineries, they've got the choice of like, do they go and put on a big kind of like in-person tasting event um, and invite people along like, you know, Lathwaite's and they could do those things. And they're great events and great ways to get people to meet the winemaker. They're really expensive to, to do these big tours though. Um, uh, or do you advertise, you know, where you go and spend a hundred grand on some TV adverts and, um, you know, they might cut through. I loved the one that Hattingley did with the, the French people analysing the wine and go, it's English? Oh, God. And that was, that was brilliant. But I mean, it, and it will make you feel a sort of a, a sense of, I like that brand, I quite like that brand, I might be interested to try it. But it's not as deep a connection as if you've tried the wine, you know you love it already, mm -hmm. you're more likely to buy it. But I've, you know, I've, I've said for, for years, selling wine, is actually the easiest thing in the world you get it into the into the customer's glass yeah you can do that but obviously doing that isn't the easiest thing in the world you get it in the in you get it in a customer's glass they taste it they like it great they don't like it you that you can then figure out hang on this is the next thing to show them so you know the, the innovation and again i, I think I, I said i wrote this in in um in a piece where i said if if, if all you'd have done is created that unique ability to package wine in the way you do I think we could sit here and go, that is serious innovation. The fact that you've done that, then you've developed this this show, which, you know, and I'm not just saying it because you're here. And I'm, I'm not another saying one saying why we're so stupid, <laughs> because we knew it needed to be done. Someone needs to do it. I mean, we, we yeah. love we love things like the wine show, you know, the, 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 the these these brilliant educators on TV like Oz and everyone who go off and spread passion about it and concrete but it's always just that little bit frustrating that you're watching people drinking wine and telling you how nice it is and, and you ain't got it you don't have it um but the fact that you can you cover all those stories the, the content's brilliant and you've had so many different you know winemakers and 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 producers on and the customer contestant in the comfort of their own home yeah yeah i can sit around in the pants and watch it and on the it's tv quite interesting because people see the word wine tasting and i think that's perhaps been our biggest mistake calling it the online wine tasting club despite the fact that it was very ron seal brand you know is what, what, what are we doing we're online you're tasting wine and it's a club you can join um let's just go with that but um but ultimately i think it just carries this you know slightly pretentious view of like oh yes i'm getting hints of this i'm getting hints of that and um, and that's fine. I don't, we, we don't mind doing that. But so many people are almost expecting that from a wine tasting. There'll be a, someone like him telling you that you can get hints of elderflower and, you know, what fresh What do you mean someone grass. like me? What's yeah. that supposed to mean? <laughs> One of his kind. But, but so, 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 Jamie and Alex, when you haven't the, told when us what I'm tasting. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we have people who just say, why, why aren't you telling us what we're tasting? 
We go, well, because I don't necessarily taste the same thing that you taste. You tell me what you're tasting. So we have this word cloud that pops up on the screen now and people can tap their tasting notes into it. Sometimes that encourages people to say, oh yeah, I've got a taste of this. But we also do on the adventurers level, we do the, uh, you know, we go through a WSET level two so people can try and learn how to, we don't tell them what to go, well, this yeah. is what you could look for. These are your clusters, these are your groups. So, and it's really exciting there. There's people who are studying for, you know, some pretty high level qualifications yeah who, for some unknown reason, <laughs> maybe just to challenge themselves further, use us as a resource. Yeah, and then go, who are these <laughs> Well, that's it. It's, it's not just fun and entertaining, and it is, that, it is those things. It is also a resource. So, like, the Greek one's a perfect example. Yeah. So if you're a student of wine at any level, and you go, actually, you know, Greece is off the beaten track for me. It's, I don't really know the wine. All right, you, you might not be tasting the wines alongside, but you can still watch that and, and learn so much about it even if it's just pronunciation, mm. things like that. Um, so oh my God, imagine if you were doing a w an MW exam and uh, someone produces a Kidiriotico from Lesbos for you. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be pretty harsh, I think. Yeah, I've identified the islands from this tasting. Well, I, well, I want them to <laughs> put, into the, MW, put <laughs> into the MW tasting exam is a rondo that's been filtered through charcoal. <laughs> Spot that one. Um, so... But, so um, I think I think you've just done New Zealand, haven't you? Was your most recent uh, tasting? Absolutely. So we we just did New Zealand last night. But with all our tastings, if you can't join us live, um, there's the opportunity to catch up. So if you pop onto the website, you can get the New Zealand tasting and uh, see what we got up to yesterday. Oh, fabulous. Then, yeah. what, what have you got coming up? If you know, if if our listener wants to, if Ferg's mum wants to sort of join in, so um, you know, maybe get a tasting. Week, but, but I, hear, I hear she's got some time on Thursday. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so coming up um, on the 18th of November, our next live one, we're doing the Old World versus New World as our adventure series. So we're going which is done blind, blind taste. So this will be fun. Know, see what you can pick. See what you can go from there. So, and, uh, I, and that that's going to be a really cool one. I and mean, we've wanted to do that for quite a while. We haven't done any blind tasting ones. Um, obviously, we'll just do these things in three sets of pairs. And um, uh, and you know the, the real question is can you actually tell the difference between an old world and a new world wine and I, the line's so blurred now that i think there's, there's I think some really a lot interesting of that is about what what people prefer because i think a lot of people will make these blanket statements that i only like old world wines i prefer new mm. world wines it'll be really mm. interesting doing that interactive thing to see what the votes are how that goes yeah. on there what grapes are we going to do i can't remember what we, we were going to do chardonnay pinot noir and to be decided yeah yeah something Whoa. else perhaps something perhaps a bit rony we were th kind of thinking of so so yeah and that's um i mean especially when you look at places like oregon and uh, you know South Africa now as well some of the wines are coming out are so you just wouldn't necessarily place them um, yeah. and equally some of the some of the old world wines don't just taste of dirt, dirt anymore which is which is awesome so so that's that's good um, then we've got um, for Christmas we're doing a fortified wine we're, we're doing because fortified we're doing two level we're doing both discoveries and adventures level in fortified but we're going to do both of those pre-recorded because we know lots of people have parties and getting out and about and all that yeah. kind of stuff so they're going to be pre-recorded um get them bought in we're going to ship from about the 12th of december so you've got them good timing either for to do it yourself or to get people gifts yeah. gifts are always fun well you can do that on christmas day can't you and that will definitely yeah. christmas day for the, for the tasting oh, yeah. so like get that. monopoly can the kids do it <laughs> blind fortified tasting Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then as far as the club and goes, they'll keep as well, won't they? You, they will, you, absolutely. Twenty odd percent piece of cake. 
Yeah, we, we, we um, you know, the, one of the biggest challenges for the, you know, we normally say keep your pack in the fridge, um, try to use this in a few weeks. But we've, when it's in the fridge, we, we, we can, we, we've gone back and tasted them after 12 months and they're still practically unidentifiable, uh, unidentifiably different from the fresh bottle samples. Apart from one thing, your red ones after 12 months in the fridge have been nicely cold stabilised. So you've got a few bits of uh, your tartrate crystals coming out. But, so I mean, just give it a good but, shake then. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Shake, shake, so well shake, Shake it up, warm it up. Warm it up, yeah. And um, but yeah, so fortified should keep beautifully. So if you want to give, you know, if people want to give a nice sort of uh, six uh, wines across Madeira, ports and cherry, absolutely fun. And then going into New Year, we're going to do trends. So we're going to have kind of uh, on our discoveries level, it'll be what grapes and what places we think are going to be the trends going into twenty twenty three. Good value alternatives to the the ones that you might and be... then for adventurous level it's going to be more kind of like wine making and what the uh, what things are going to happen in the yeah. industry so big focus on things like regenerative agriculture agriculture and like and wine styling and carbon footprints and all that climate change and new grapes getting into blends and that kind of stuff um, and then we've also got, and then we're going to stop selling ourselves. On the 30th of November, we've got a standalone tasting. We've got the wines yeah. of Jay Law. So Steve Peck of Jay Law is joining us yeah. from the States to do a, uh, a take absolutely fantastic wines and, you know, very, very premium wines as well. So it's once again, being able to do these kind of things is an epic opportunity to taste some phenomenal wines that are generally a little bit more pricey, you know, that you might not just grab off the shelf and go. So yeah. it's an epic thing to either just try before you buy or just to try to say you've had them and you've enjoyed them. Yeah. So that's going to be yeah. on the 30th. So that's up on the website as well. So get your tickets in for that. The very final ones. Last year, we did what we called the bucket list wine thing, which was a, a really fun thing because there are wines that just end up in cellars and end up never getting drunk. And so we thought we'd try to find some really kind of high-end stuff and so we did things like um we did, we did some of the the very best of the the so yeah um so uh, semion from tyrols and um uh what's the he's trying, he's trying Ornelia La Grazia from so we italy did, we did Ornelia. we did we did a, a light scrosses gavec uh we did chateau beaucastel we did a jevry <laughs> jamatan in there and it was just these wines the people never get to taste i'm digging around to find some really cool stuff so we'll there'll, do be, our best. there'll be <laughs> six great great world world-class wines in there um and hopefully trying to keep that in the yeah. price point of around 100 quid for the six samples so taste some really mm. cool wines super premium um and very limited it's not something we then expect people to go oh and i'm going to buy 20 cases of that from you but it gives the people mm. who go i've only heard of such things yeah. the opportunity yeah. to taste them phenomenal that sounds incredible i mean wow. i'll send one your way i i i do yeah i'm signing up <laughs> <laughs> you mean you've not signed up already but <laughs> we'll leave now <laughs> awesome um jamie i, I mean there's, there's so much more to, to unpick and so much more of your your story and, and so much more from a technical perspective um that we've just you know we've run out of time so we will definitely get you back on the the other side of christmas um and we'll you know we'll um we'll include links so where wherever the people have downloaded this cast pod we'll have links so they they can sign up to you but i know you're you're both very busy obviously with the you know the run up to christmas as we record this so thanks trying to for do these advent time. calendars we we've got we have 
yeah, it, we're doing a, the Lathwaite's elephant calendar for them, which is going to be so they've got they've got their little mini bottle ones, which is um, mm -hmm. you know your chance to drink some Chilean Merlot, great quality Chilean Merlot. But then you've got their fine mm -hmm. wine one where you can try Barolo and Chablis and, and Whispering, Whispering Angel. Angel and Chocolate Block and all of those kind of things. So no, 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 yeah, that's that's a really cool one to to check out as well if you want to get twenty four of our pouches instead of six. <laughs> I can't help but notice that there were no um, Springfield Chardonnays involved in that list of. There was very, very. I believe there was very nearly one in there. Actually, I think it was. It was on the list of ones they were considering. I, I, I think was it when when they suggested it. You sort of went, oh, not again. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we 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 swapped it out for a Rondo. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Yeah, we're charcoal filtering it as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, awesome. phenomenal. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, I mean, no, big fans hit. of the podcast. It's great. It's what we, we right. really enjoy it. And um, absolute thank pleasure. You for having us Thanks on. for having us on. Yeah, oh, no, thank we're, you. We're massive care. fans of you. I mean, what what a blend, though, of like innovation technically <laughs> and and in the sort of performance of bringing wine to people. <laughs> I, I can't. I, it's phenomenal. I couldn't. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds like you're hosting us for a show next year, then, Ferg. Uh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, should we, should we, yeah. we'll, we'll come down to Hashith. We'll come down to Hashith for sure. You're awesome. welcome, obviously. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah just wait, wait until um, Hashith are having a jazz night because he'll probably invite you to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 it's got lost on the post. I'm, I'm just sorry. All right. Yeah, it's right. Yeah, it, got, it, got, it got crushed under the weight of like 200 kilos of the online wine tasting <laughs> packaging, didn't it? That's yeah. what happened it's, to it's, it's, it. Me, it's just in a box it. with all that cash somewhere. <laughs> That's what it was. He buried it. <laughs> brilliant. Um, yeah, echo, right, echo, cheers, echo guys. Said, Take care. Brilliant. Take care. All the best. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Maker and The Merchant. Don't forget to email your thoughts and questions to themakerandthemerchant at gmail.com. And join us next time when we'll be talking to the wonderful Jessica Summer about her project, Mouse and Grape, hopefully trying some cheeses and wines alongside. Thanks for listening.